2: Hey, welcome to the Ian Weekly Show, and it's your host Todd DeVoe, and with me I have uh, Dan Scott. Hey, Dan, are you familiar with those uh, those WeWork places, you know, those shared workspaces?
1: A very a little. I've been doing some research.
2: Well, you know, today we're going to be discussing um, WeWork and workspaces and, and the, the, why they have and need emergency managers. But before we get into the show, I just want to remind everybody that tomorrow is is 9-11 and it's the day that we should take back and reflect all those lives that were lost on that day uh the firefighters the police officers and the civilians and the heroes that came out of that and also um those that are still suffering with the cancer is affected from from ground zero and um i just want to say again thank you for all those that served that day and uh thank you for for all that uh are still serving and still dealing with those issues um you know, 9-11 is definitely a day of, that we need to reflect um, each year. So, Well said. So today we have uh, Michael Gladstone, uh, the WE Company Senior Manager for Emergency Management and Planning, and is one of the uh, longest tenure members of the WE Company Security Team. And he's responsible for the development and implementation of the WE Company's global crisis and emergency programs and so he runs the emergency management team manages programs with the aim of protecting employees and members uh, michael has worked for the us department of state crisis management program officer and for the new york city department of education and higher and high school history teacher which i love history and he holds an ma in international law security global security from georgetown university and an ma in teaching social studies from columbia university and a ba from brown so he is definitely a Ivy League really guy, Michael. Welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me, Todd. Good man, morning I, to you.
2: I feel honored to be in the room with a, with the Ivy League guy like this.
0: So. <laughs> Listen, it's um, it's something that that happened in my past, but really, my experiences have more defined myself as an emergency manager more than my educational background. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so man, uh, you know. We work and just in general, um, the shared spaces that are out there. I, I was just reading an article the other day, and I think you guys are going to get really busy here shortly. Um, the idea of having large offices because of COVID and the idea of working remotely, uh, doing those, uh, you know, go to meeting or Zoom or Teams or all whatever else that we have out there um, seems to be taking fold. And it looks like from what I'm reading and gathering that those shared workspaces are going to become super popular again. What do you think of that?
0: Yeah, I think we've, we've seen a really good upward trend of more companies wanting to come back into the workspace. Um, Netflix's CEO said that there's only negatives when people are only teleworking. And I think companies like WeWork have seen and that there is benefit to having people at some point in time, whether it's, once a week, every day, every other week, in the same space and collaborating together. And so we've seen a lot of companies come to us and say, because of the fact that we don't necessarily want everyone commuting to one campus anymore, you guys are great because you have so many of what we can call our small campuses, small, small sites, come to one, into a shared space, but not necessarily have to pay for a large campus, not necessarily have to commit to having thousands and thousands of square feet if they only have one or two workers in the area they can get a small footprint mm-hmm. in our space and so we've we've benefited from that because of this rethinking of, as we like to call it, the um, WeWork 2.0, rethinking how people come together in an office space in light of what's going on with COVID, right? Um, there's there's business that just has to keep going, um, and people do need a space to collaborate, and we can fill that void for those large companies who maybe never had any telework, and now they need people to work, not necessarily telework, but work in a diverse set of, of locations.
2: So kind of running on that for a second. One of the things though, that as an employer, right, is we try to ensure uh, as much as we can, the safety of our employees. And so now we're kind of shifting that safety message or the safety portion of it from one central campus to the, you know, the whatever floor that you're on of this high rise to spread across the, the, city or the area and that's kind of where you kind of come into and preparing uh safety for those that that are coming and going and that's really kind of interesting to me. Um I mean how do you start you know when you don't know who's in the building?
0: Yeah. We've spent the last 7 months figuring out how do we make sure that we workspaces are prepared for an influx of members and an influx of people back into the workspace in a safe capacity. One of the things that we've done is We have our intelligence teams, our health and safety teams really diving into every specific regulation in any locality that we're in to understand what do we need to do to meet local law? At the same time, what are the standards globally going to be? There's been a huge focus on HVAC and HVAC returns and filtering air and making sure that all of our spaces, I'm sitting in one right now, um, making sure that all of our spaces have the proper ventilation. In cases where they may not have met the new standard, meeting it or exceeding that standard. Mm -hmm. Doing small things like that, ensuring that um, in New York State, for example, when employees come back into a workspace, whether it's once a day, twice a day, go out for lunch, you come back in, we follow the guidelines there. So giving our members the screening questions through electronic means so that it's easy, they can do it constantly, have a pass with them, um, and ensuring that we've redesigned our our architecture teams and our physical product teams has spent a ton of time redesigning how our desks are laid out in common spaces to make sure that we meet those two meters six feet one and a half meter whatever the requirement is um, putting in a lot of unique signage having pillows on couch shared couches and actually give people that social distancing reminder you know <laughs> not just a simple sign but using the actual physical space that we have at we work to help give friendly reminders to people that here's how you keep yourself safe while you're in this office space and it's been a great challenge and it's a challenge that we're constantly looking at evolving because i think what emergency managers and what people in the crisis and and safety spheres are going to need to think about is how is this going to impact us for the next 6 12 18 months it's not going to just go away immediately and we can't say great what worked in june of 2020 is going to be acceptable in june of 2021 so we're going to have to keep evolving and keep figuring out how do we make our individual workspaces our individual we work locations that much better each and every quarter month day
1: so so I get this question quite, quite often is, and it's, it's because of the situation we're in with, with COVID is, and I work at an institution of higher education and we work with, so we got employees and we got faculty and we got students. And then the students, uh, you know, it's all about the, how do we return back to campus and do so in a safe manner and, 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 and make sure that the workplace itself that we're going to be utilizing is kept safe, clean, um, and, and sanitary. So uh, in your, in these, in these WE workspaces or in, as far as you guys are, and you're separating people out and you're making, what's the responsibility or even self-responsibility of those coming in to make sure that they're not only keeping themselves safe, others safe, and then the cleaning that takes place in these places?
0: It's a great question. And it's interesting, Dan, that you brought up educational institutions because we've started partnering with a lot of educational institutions around the globe who are decentralizing some of their student population this semester, or next semester, what have you. So we're working hand in hand with them. But in general, we look at a, a, a sort of a two phase approach. All of our employees have certain regulations that they have to follow. If you're interacting with our membership, you have to be wearing your masks. Mm-hmm. You have to ensure that um, you are safely handling mail and package, that you are maintaining social distancing between you and the membership. Each individual member is responsible for ensuring that they are keeping themselves safe and others safe, following the recommended regulations in that particular locality. So we say, corporate employees, anyone who works in our buildings, here are the regulations that we work is going to follow. In addition to that, um, we are ens- reminding our members that in every particular locality, you're going to have to follow x regulations whatever those regulations are are clearly stated at the entrance to every location on every floor large you know sometimes six foot posters they're on screens Um, all of our um, conference rooms the screens that used to have great advertisements about fun fun uh, events, still have those. But at the same time also now have information about how to keep yourself safe socially distanced. We've reduced the number, uh, I should say, the capacity of all of our meeting rooms so that people maintain safe social distancing. And on top of that, we have enhanced cleaning protocols and our operations and cleaning and facilities teams did a phenomenal job. Months of work that has come to fruition to ensure that enhanced high touch points are cleaned more frequently and on top of the regular cleanings that we did on a you know semi daily or and daily basis now we're having hourly every 2 hours depending on the local regulations and depending on the particular health guidance from that particular national authority making sure that we have the cleanest services the the most in, um, uh, the most sanitizing stations so it's it's very interesting and great now we can walk into a we work and you can turn 360 degrees and you can see at least two or three sanitizing stations everywhere, which is fantastic. You you should never be too far where you can just run over, grab fan sanitizer, grab a uh, a wipe to wipe down your surface. And other little things like making sure that members have the ability to get um, brown paper sheets to put on their desk, mark mm-hmm. their desk for the day. And so there's another layer between themselves and the furniture that they can they can feel that they're enhancing their safety with. So it's, the, it's, it's not only the, the big scope things, but also the little minute details that we've really taken into account. And any company that has people coming into their space, whether it's um, a, a commercial uh, space or a, a commercial office space like us, really should take those things into account because it provides people that layer of safety. And when an emergency management team makes the client, the customer, the member feel better, it's a huge win. We don't often get those. We can, we can be proactive in this case
2: absolutely hey you know what's cool too about the brown sheet is like it's like the macaroni grill you can doodle on there on the brown sheet as you exactly you Exactly. Right.
0: It, it enhances the collaboration between people because you may not be able to sit right next to one another because of social distancing but now you can draw on the on the paper show each other the notes that you're taking um and still work collaboratively even if you're not two feet <laughs> apart now you're six feet apart you can still do what you need to do and and make sure that you're um, enhancing your business's um, success right. while at WeWork.
2: See everybody, safety can be fun, right? Safety yeah. can be fun. So you know, now COVID's only been around for you know a few months now, uh, and you've been doing a lot of this work beforehand. I mean, what'd you do before COVID?
0: Well, it was it was not a a, a sit back and relax kind of job. We um, have always taken our employees and members security, um, whether they are at their home location, whether they're traveling, whether they are simply um, transiting from one job to another, we've always taken their their security seriously. And so the security team at large has had a number of mandates, whether we're constantly enhancing our security technology to make sure that not only is it safe for our members to get into the buildings, but easy for them to do so. And um, we've also been enhancing things like travel security programs, working in collaboration with our shared services teams to not only get the best experience for our employees, but make sure they have the safest experience. Um, and then listen, every emergency manager knows that no emergency takes a backseat to a downtime, a period of downtime. We've been dealing with um, hurricanes, earthquakes, wildfires, Um, unfortunately, terrorism incidents, whether that's in London or active shooter incidents around the globe, civil unrest this year particularly, but in the past as well, um, the the Yellow Jacket protests in Paris that occupied a lot of our time. So this team is never without something to do. There is always some kind of an issue somewhere that could impact the safety of our members and our employees and coordinating with all the other teams, whether it's operations, public affairs, member communications, to ensure that all of our constituents get the information in advance, not reactively.
2: Well, I have a question. It's kind of, how do you, how do you, um, how do you communicate with people, when I'm saying people, not your team necessarily, but with visitors to your, or to your uh, clients, I suppose. Um, How do you communicate with them during, if there's an emergency, like mass notification? I guess.
0: Yeah. So we have a number of systems that we can utilize. First and foremost, because we are a fun, active space, we've got television's everywhere. um, And we work with our, um, AV teams to ensure that in an emergency, we can take over those TVs and very quickly broadcast information to our membership or anyone in the building. The great part about that is, doesn't matter if you're a WeWork member or someone coming to visit a WeWork member, you can see that message. Additionally, we have a um, phenomenal app, the WeWork app, that allows our members to book space, allows our members to communicate with our teams who run our buildings, but it also is a platform for us, the security teams, to communicate to the membership during an emergency. And it's very easy. We have templated messaging that everyone's agreed on in advance, fill in the blanks, which I highly suggest that all emergency managers and security teams do is have pre-canned messaging that everyone, legal, security, public affairs, any of your product teams have agreed upon. So you can just very quickly get the message out and not wait two or three hours. Get that messaging out through our application. And then also traditional email. Um, we use a variety of email messaging platforms, but we are always innovating and we're always looking for the next generation of, um, of of systems that are gonna help us, whether it's a newer level mass messaging app, a better accountability tool. So that instead of having to use um, more 20th century methodology we can utilize our card swipes to understand who's in our buildings the wi-fi readers to help understand who's in our buildings and then take accountability of those people through those systems so um we're always innovating that's a it's a huge project of ours over the next 12 months
2: awesome well we're gonna take a quick break um and when we come back i know dan has a couple of questions for you i do super The Outer Limit Supply Company was founded on the idea of providing high quality first aid kits. Their goal is to supply the life-saving equipment you'll need to mitigate the majority of medical or traumatic injuries often seen during austere conditions. Whether it is when you are on the outdoor adventure or your team has responded to a major crisis, the Outer Limit Supply Company provides practical, user-friendly, first aid and trauma kits that anyone can use if you enter em weekly at checkout you'll receive 20 percent off your purchase so go to www.outerlimitsupply.com today are you looking for that bag to help you keep organized as you travel around something you could carry with you every day well van quest was founded with a simple myth Fill so the toughest bags and packs for you to carry every day and to help you stay organized and prepared. VanQuest has been making the ultra durable bags and packs since 2011. And their bags and packs are trusted by the clients such as the FBI, the U.S. Secret Service, and U.S. SOCOM. Yes, that is the U.S. Special Operations Command. Their bags and packs offer the best organization for the user-friendly experience, such as the high visibility interior for the users. And I'm telling you something, I love that orange inside the bag because I could find the things I need quickly. I love my VanQuest bag. Don't forget, they offer free shipping, 100-day return guarantee, and a lifetime warranty. And if you put in Weekly, all caps, all one word, you get 10% off your total purchase. VanQuest.com.
1: Seconds count during an emergency. That's why at Titan HST, we're always inventing new technology to help people stay safe and help people who can provide help get connected with people who need help. At Titan HST, we've deployed mesh networking allowing emergency communication even when networks are down augmented reality and real-time translation we believe in the power of people to help each other stay safe and thrive
2: hey welcome back from that uh, quick break and i want to say thank you to all the sponsors that we have and without them we could not bring you the quality content and people like michael to come on here and talk about some interesting stuff you know i want before i turn it over to dan i want to make one point you know a lot of my students Throughout the years, I've always asked, you know, what kind of job can I get in emergency management? And they always think about government jobs, FEMA, you know, your state jobs and stuff like this. And I tell them all the time, I said, look outside that, look at the hospitals, you look at, uh, you know, big large corporations that have large campuses. And you know, Michael's doing it right here with with the Wee company. And I think this is a great representation of how diverse emergency management really is. So, uh, again, they, thanks, Mike, for being here, and uh, Daniel.
1: Yeah, your emergency management is very diverse, and and um, so I want to second that comment. But when it comes to, uh, so I'd like to bring it back to uh, you partnering with uh, with uh, institutions of higher education, even schools in general. Um, you know, ultimately, right now with COVID, every you know, people are afraid to get back together, bring kids back to school. Um, even in the higher education, we have all across the country, people are doing different things. Some are. Uh, I spoke to someone yesterday. Who is doing uh, half students in the class and rest in the other, so they can split them out? The other half is coming in on Zoom, and then they switch uh, switch it up so they can do have both the in class and so a mixed kind of blended class. So, with your partnering with the, with those institutions, how does that affect? How do you uh, with the redesign? Um, kind of give me an idea of what your partnership looks like and how your uh, influence on the return to potentially return to campus.
0: Yeah, so. Um- I will say those relationships are very nascent. Uh, so they haven't necessarily been fully, um, you know, um, deployed yet. But, um, the great part about our space is that with our general redesign for our spaces, we've created, we, we've always had classrooms in the WeWork space, which can hold up to 300 people. Well, we already have classrooms set up simply reduce the capacity in that classroom and you can still have a safe learning environment for those students who may not necessarily be able to travel potentially the thousands of miles needed to get to their home campus Um, and so we don't need to do very much from what we've already done in order to ensure that when we partner with educational institutions we have the resources and the capacity to meet all the COVID era um, regulations and specifications. So we're already, the great part is we've already done that by redesigning our space in general. Um, And that's why I think educational institutions are coming and partnering with WeWork, is because not only do we have a, a wide footprint that helps them bring their students virtually to their classes, but we've already taken those steps necessary to ensure that people are safe when they're in our space.
1: Well, I know, so to give you an idea of something that, that I'm working with, is that a lot of uh, in, in the planning that comes with bringing students back to work or back to campus is uh, the redesign of current current location. Uh, so, like, if I have a cam- my campus and I have areas that are large that potentially weren't ever used for the classroom, um, how can the uh, We Company, because it looks like you guys got it dialed in, um, influence those who are doing a redesign of their own? So from WeWork's perspective, we are very
0: transparent, whether it's on social media, whether it's on our website, about what we are doing to ensure that we properly redesign our space. So um, those institutions need only look on publicly available information to find out how can we do better. Um, and in partnering with other educational institutions, I, I would assume, and I don't want to speak out of turn, I would assume our product teams are also helping them to better understand if you have a blank slate of space, because we deal with this all the time when we come into a new office space, how are we going to design it properly? Um, or how are we going to retrofit and redesign? And so we, we bring a lot of that to the table already through our design elements, through our architecture teams, and through our product and build teams.
2: So, kind of talk about those teams that you guys developed at We at WeWork or at We We Company, I suppose, right?
0: Um, well, we used to be called the We Company. We reverted back to WeWork. It's convoluted. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> so, so when, as you as you're developing those teams at, at, at WeWork, and then obviously I can tell that they've taken uh, safety and security pretty seriously. Yeah. Um, h- how how do those teams work in conjunction with all the buildings and with the other um, organ? Like when you talk about design. Right now, I know that people uh, that want to have like like nice, nice office flow and stuff like this because I've dealt with it. Right yeah. where they like behind you, they say, "Oh, we want to put like this big glass wall up, and it looks yeah. beautiful and stuff." And then as a security guy, you are you know you're going, "Well, well, you know, I really like to have something a little more substantial for people to stay behind in case of the active shooter thing, stuff like that." How how do you balance that beautiful look, you know, the and functionality to safety and security?
0: I will say that there's always push and pull between a security team who wants everything as hardened as possible and a design team. But we come to a great happy medium at WeWork. We work very closely from the inception of teams signing leases at WeWork to how things are physically designed. We've worked long and hard with our building technology teams. Um, we've worked very long and hard with our architecture teams and our project management teams to say, here are the standards that we work security believes need to be met. And when a standard either can't be met or because of a design element needs to change, how do we change it properly so that it's not eliminated, but that we change it to maintain a security and safety presence? While also allowing that design element to shine. Because, you know, one of the things we pride ourselves on is having spaces that are beautiful, spaces that people want to come to and work in. And if we are too secure in the sense that, well, there's 15 layers of security before you get to your desk. No one's going to want to come here and, and our business model turn off. But at the same time, we want to make sure that members feel like I can do my, my work in and have this lovely environment, have windows and have glass up, but at the same time, feel safe. And so we've, we've taken a lot of time and a lot of effort to work collaboratively. Our security technology team is constantly in discussion with our building technology team, our intelligence team works closely with um, the emergency management team. And then we collaborate with our security teams out in the field to make the, the best decision for the company and for our membership well before anyone actually walks into the space.
2: I thought you were going to say something, Dan. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought Dan started going like,
1: oh, I was going to because, you know, right now, I mean, uh, you know, I come from a, a, a very, uh, very diverse background when it comes to uh, physical security and uh, safety compliance and emergency management. So I have a, a, a and so I've had to deal with the, all those arguments and it is it right now. But right now, what I'm finding is that more people uh, are worried more less about their physical safety, more about their health. Yeah. And, okay. So what, you know, making sure that, you know, how often our thing is clean and they want to know these things and they want to, they, they want to see the the the, yeah. the the clear dividers and they want to, And it's not so much about their physical safety right now in the mindset. It's more about, am I going to get sick if I go someplace? And so, yeah, those, those arguments, they, they absolutely uh, happen in it sounds like you guys got, you know, got the uh, you're building a great uh, partnership with the security, the design, the and the emergency management aspects of it. So yeah. ultimately, it looks like your company is, you know, so it's 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 international, correct? Oh, yeah. We're in over 36 countries,
0: um, 140 plus cities and over almost 900 locations globally right
1: now in and every in every uh nation or every city you may be in across the across the world it has a different design right a different yeah you wanted to look to, to their their where they are, right? They want different to look, different requirements,
0: yeah. different security features. You know, there's going to be um, more features in places that have higher security risks than in locations that are in a less have less security risks. Whether that's and without calling out any particular country, whether it's uh, places in Latin America are going to look, from a security perspective, different than those in Europe. Um, are gonna look dramatically different based on cultural differences about security than those might be in Asia, right? There's no one formula that works for all of our locations. But for example, um, you, know, you, you mentioned Dan, people are really concerned about their health and wanna visually see that we've done cleaning. Well, one of the things that our teams in the field are doing, um, our community teams, is that when they clean an office, they now get a little, placard that they hang on the on the handle to the door that says here's when it got cleaned here's what we cleaned Um, and that's a visible way for people to see that WeWork is taking their health and safety very seriously Um, and in other locales it's just about doing much more enhanced cleaning visibly seeing um, those enhanced cleanings throughout the day and um, you know we have a lot of as I mentioned, locations in Asia where um, office hours can be extended because of work that they might be doing with the Western hemisphere. And so making sure that cleaning also goes throughout the night as well.
2: So you mentioned before that in Paris, you had to deal with the the yellow jacket protest. And then obviously Portland has been uh, crazy for the last you know few months and, yep. and protests around the, the country for various different reasons. Um, how do you guys, without giving any secrets away, how do you guys sort of protect your your physical plants um, during this time? Because I mean, you know, I've seen a lot of destruction going on.
0: Yeah, we take it extremely seriously. I mean, regardless of what the issue is, if there is someone's safety being potentially threatened, we want to make sure that we are being proactive um, in regards to the protests that happened, whether it's in Europe or here in the US um, over the last few months. We, we took a very proactive approach, giving our members as much information as possible about what we knew to be true at that time about where protests might be occurring, um, giving people the heads up about whether or not we would have our location opened as usual because of the protest or would there be enhanced security measures um, whether that might mean having um, extra security personnel or simply having key card access only so whereas the front door might usually be open to visitors and guests maybe on that particular day you had to have a key card to get in to ensure that there's an added layer of security relative to what's going on outside Um, and so we didn't make any blanket statements but we looked at each individual protest zone, if you want to call it, and ensured that we moderated our operational posture in accordance with what was happening. Um, In past uh, protests in Paris, it became very apparent last year that there were going to be violent protests. There was going to be Molotov cocktails. And so in order to ensure people's safety, we closed down our buildings. We said, listen, we are happy for you to visit on the weekend or during the day, any other WeWork location in Paris, but for your safety, we don't want you to come here. And in other cases, like I mentioned, we'll, we'll be open, maybe with reduced staff, or maybe you need to make sure your key card, even to get in the front door, works in order to get in that day. Um, so we've taken a, a very vigilant approach, but not so heavy-handed as to say, um, nothing. there's protests 50 miles away, we're shutting down. Um, that just doesn't work for our members.
2: What keeps you up at night, Michael?
0: Oh, what keeps me up at night? Uh, that's, a, that's a loaded question, Todd. Um, I think that um, travel security is one of the biggest things um, because the um, thing that I think is, or the people that I think are most vulnerable are those employees for companies who are going to locations, are in transit and something happens. Whatever that something might be, paris Bataclan attacks, the London Bridge attacks, um, you know, a pop-up protest in Union Square in New York City. And if they are not entirely familiar with their surroundings, they're at the most risk. And so what keeps me up is making sure, have we given our employees as much information as possible so that when they travel, they are best equipped to make sure that they know, what do I do if I get into a into a, a bad situation? Um, what kind of precautions should I be taking when I'm in a hotel room to make sure that I'm safe? Um, and so those are the things that keep me up at night. Every year, however, hurricane season keeps me up, right? <laughs> um, in the, whether it's in the US or, or in the Pacific um, and, and because we are global, there's never really a time when I'm not thinking about natural disasters and storms, um, as well as the fact that um, the changing landscape that we're seeing in terms of security, what's the next evolution of security gonna be? Are we as a company making sure that we're on the leading edge? Um, and that's not necessarily something that as an emergency manager, I can impact on a day-to-day basis, but making sure that we are always forward-thinking and never sitting on our heels. That's, to me, one of the most one of the things that keeps me up every day, but also keeps me up, but it keeps me excited about coming to work. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Um, we have a comment, um, a question, and I'm not really sure how we can kind of tackle this one, but... I think this is a general question, not necessarily a work question, but what is your general thoughts on how COVID and all the protests may impact active shooter events? Wow, well, Michael, this is another Michael. That's a, that's a lot of stuff to unpack there. It's a big onion layer right there, including potential lower school uh, resource officers. I don't know if we can answer the resource officer question, Michael, but um, you know, what do you think though? Like, you know, as far as you, you I mean, you have a lot of stuff to deal with. You have, yeah you know, the active shooter situations, you have the protests that are coming around, you have your COVID stuff going, I mean, just like everybody else, but you're dealing not with it just not in one mm-hmm. location, right? Yeah. Not just that you're, you know, Daniel's lucky. He only has one school to deal with. You have all those countries and all the different rules that are being set out there and, and potential everything. That's, that's, a, that's a, so how do you deal with all that kind of stuff in, in a
0: single day? The nice part is, is we have built a global team. Right. We have um, 70 plus individuals on uh, around the globe who are helping us understand the nuance in each individual location. So that's a huge help, right? It it can't be done alone. Um, And we have greatly benefited from phenomenal leadership who has helped to build that team. That helps mitigate some of the risk. But on an individual basis, you know, there is that, that fear that someone may take advantage of what is happening with social unrest with a health crisis um, and go and do some kind of terroristic activity whatever it might be Um, and so that risk has always been there and thinking that we can't only focus on health crisis we have to make sure that we are still doing trainings Um, when we can't do them in person we're doing a lot of e-learning Which is really, you know, great. And Dan, I'm sure you can relate as well. Is um, we're making sure that our employees are as best equipped as possible when we can't go out in person to give training, and when it's not advisable to have people all in one location, giving them resources and tools. Um, I think the impact, though, it's hard to judge, right? We've been, we as a company have have been lucky, but at the same time, um, you know, I think. In general, companies have been lucky that there haven't been more people taking advantage of the situation. It could be the fact that um, people aren't necessarily always going into the office Mm. and that um, some of the triggers that have happened in in past instances where um, people are upset with colleagues don't always happen now because people aren't in the office as much. Will there be a spike? I don't know, um, but but maybe maybe that's a maybe. There's causality there. I, I, I'm I'm totally speculating there, but right. that could be a reason. Um, but we're not we're not saying it's not going to happen. We're not only focusing on one problem. You know, we're always waiting as emergency management for for the next shoe to drop. Unfortunately, but that's how we live our life. We sort of say there's downtime. What should we be thinking about next?
2: Right. You know, Michael, thank you so much for your time today. I know you're super busy and you got to get running and I don't want to take up any more time. But um, everybody, how do we find you?
0: How do we find uh, you at WeWork? Yeah, so um, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, You can find me on LinkedIn at at Michael H. Gladstone. Um, But if you need to or want to reach out to our team, we're available at empteam at wework.com. And that gets to our entire emergency management team. Um, and so we're always, we're always interested in hearing from people and, um, that's a great resource and the easiest way to reach us.
2: Awesome. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for spending the time with us this morning. Daniel, thank you for your time. Michael, thank you for your time. Producer Brian, thank you for your time as, as well. And, you know, everybody, please, you know, check us out on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, on well, your favorite podcast player. Um, and everybody, please stay safe out there. and. Uh, As my daughter likes to stay, stay hydrated.